It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and boy, do we have some football to talk about today. With the Bears and Commanders thrilling football game last night, we've got football games on Sunday, and we've got some news to talk about. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. Start things off with a little clip. With a little clip. Here we go. This is Dick Buckus, uh, who we'll talk about here in a second, of course. Dick Buckus catching a touchdown pass and then handing the ball to the defender that was supposed to be covering him as the defender smacks it away. An all-time highlight. This is something we see, you know, these days, right? Where it's it's a little bit of a cocky kind of I've just scored a touchdown on you. Here's the ball. But Dick Buckus was one of the first people to do that, and dude was a linebacker. So shout out to Dick Buckus for that all-time highlight. And rest in peace also to one of the greatest to ever do it. Of course, a Hall of Fame linebacker from the Chicago Bears, the animal, the enforcer, the maestro of mayhem, or even the robot of destruction, however you want to refer to him. We all know and love him as an NFL legend. So rest in peace to Dick Buckus. Thoughts and prayers out to his family and close ones. And congratulations to the Chicago Bears as they beat the Commanders last night in honor of Dick Buckus. And not that not only did they beat them, they destroyed the Commanders. The Chicago Bears came out, immediately scored a touchdown. DJ Moore had like 100 yards already in like two, two drives. It was really just a spectacular spectacular performance from the Chicago Bears. Uh, Justin Fields in particular finishes the day 15 of 29, 282 yards and four touchdowns. DJ Moore finishes the day with only eight receptions, but he takes those eight receptions for 230 yards and three touchdowns. Cole Komet gets in on the action as well with five receptions for 42 yards and a touchdown. Khalil Herbert looked great before he got injured with 76 rush yards off of only 10 carries. Roshan Johnson looked pretty good too before he had a concussion. Three carries for 19 yards. Both Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson averaged over six yards a carry. It was special. What wasn't special was the Chicago Bears wide receivers not named DJ Moore. I don't know if this has ever happened in NFL history. This isn't something you can easily Google, but DJ Moore having 230 yards and eight receptions. No other wide receiver on the Chicago Bears caught the ball. <laughs> what? Darnell Mooney was targeted a few times. Equinemius St. Brown had one target. Those are the only two wide receivers to even earn a target on this offense outside of DJ Moore. Robert Tunyon had two catches for 10 yards, which was interesting to see. But it was DJ Moore. And it's probably going to be that way all year. That is going to be one of my big takeaways from this game. 
I picked up Darnell Mooney in one of the leagues that he was dropped just because eh, why not? You know, it's Darnell Mooney. Not often do you have a chance to pick up a player with that kind of ADP, right? So I did it and I'm honestly not that excited about it at all. Not that excited about it at all. His two games this season, he had been decent, especially in Scott Fishbowl, which is actually where I picked him up. He was dropped in my Scott Fishbowl and they had like the first down scoring and full PPR and all of this extra stuff to make it seem like, you know, you just need a few catches to be a good player, but as long as DJ Moore's playing like this, I mean, Darnell Mooney isn't going to get anything. <laughs> Darnell Mooney's not going to get a damn thing, as we saw in this game. And while the Bears did trounce the Commanders, the Commanders did put up an admirable effort. They did lose 40-20, to 20, which is kind of what we talked about. I'm patting myself on the back. I did a pretty solid job yesterday previewing this game. I will apologize for saying that Curtis Samuel I'm not trusting because he did finish the day with 65 yards and a touchdown off of six receptions. So it looks like the Curtis Samuel experiment will continue, at least for a decent bit. As Antonio Gibson was unlocked in this game, he had four receptions for 64 yards, a 41-yard chunk play, which was kind of my concern yesterday on that underdog ticket. I took the under and literally said, my only concern is that he gets this on one play. And what did he do? He got it on one play. It was 35 yards for his total yesterday. And I was like, yeah, he's not good in that much usage. And of course he didn't. He only had four touches, only four touches in this game. But he did showcase his explosiveness and why we at Player Profiler had been so high on Antonio Gibson for years now and just waiting for him to go to a new team. And things continue as well for Logan Thomas, who continues to be one of the main target earners on the commander's offense, if not the main target earner, nine receptions, 477 yards and a touchdown. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson so far this year are only combining for a 31% target share. It is not good. They are not being utilized properly at all. It's all going to Logan Thomas. It's all going to Curtis Samuel. It's going to Antonio Gibson. Even Brian Robinson had four receptions. That's right. Brian Robinson had the same amount of receptions as Terry McLaurin and one more reception than Jahan Dotson. That's not good. That is not good. These wide receivers definitely need to be mixed in a bit more. But still, Sam Howell finished the day pretty decently. He had 388 passing yards and two touchdowns. He did throw one interception. Uh, but still, you know, you're, you're allowed to throw an interception every once in a while. And he threw the ball a whopping 51 times as they were playing behind the whole time. Um, so, you know, it's good to see him get that kind of volume, throw the ball that many times. And, you know, sustain a bunch of different receivers. As I talked about, only one wide receiver caught the ball. Uh, for the Bears, Curtis Samuel caught the ball. Terry McLaurin caught the ball. Jahan Dotson caught the ball. Jam Jamison Crowder caught the ball. Deami Brown caught the ball. Byron Pringle caught the ball. So it is being spread around in Washington, which is good to see. And I do think that we have officially and can officially say that Eric Bieniemy is doing something because Ron Rivera is a defensive coach, and that is easily the worst part of this team. That defense has been abysmal the last few weeks, especially against number one wide receivers. It's awful so i'm excited for ron rivera to get fired and i'm hoping that eric b can do some more uh you know get the reins have a little bit of fun a couple other takeaways here justin fields to dj Moore this season has been perfect justin fields has a perfect passer rating when throwing the ball to dj Moore this season he's 27 of 34 for 531 yards and five touchdowns what a stat line also after this day and of course justin fields has the extra game but still, right now, Justin Fields is tied for the lead in the league in passing touchdowns. So again, I go back to, you know, three weeks ago, after week one, after week two, 
when I was telling you guys to buy Justin Fields, it's not going to continue to suck. He will turn it around. He was bad to begin last year. He'll get it right. And of course, he's getting it right. You don't play the Broncos and the Commanders every week, but we did, of course, see J Justin Fields have 11 carries on Thursday Night Football, which is another one of my takeaways from Monday when I talked about Justin Fields' great performance against the Broncos only having four carries. That's not going to be the case. Justin Fields will be able to run the ball some more this year, and we saw it, 11 carries. So Justin Fields is here to stay. Even if he's not on Chicago at the end of the year, he will get sent somewhere, and he will be a really, really good football player wherever he goes. I don't know, though. I mean, like, he could. Obviously, there's still a scenario here where he stays in Chicago. They bet on him once. They can bet on him again. So just definitely something to keep your eye on. And then just the Bears running back situation now with Roshan Johnson on a concussion and Khalil Herbert having, you know, we don't know the severity of this ankle injury, but it's looking like a pretty severe ankle injury. It was a gruesome slow-mo replay. Uh, so Roshan Johnson, with it just being a concussion, with it being a long week now as they don't play again until uh, next Sunday, Roshan Johnson will be back next week and it's going to be Roshan Johnson's season. So if, you know, owners dropped him after the concussion, you know, they saw he got hurt, dropped him, or maybe put him on the trade block. Uh, I it probably wasn't long as Khalil Herbert also ended up getting hurt, but still Roshan Johnson attainable right now for sure. Go do it because Roshan Johnson's season appears to have finally arrived and it's going to be quiet since he's coming off a concussion now. Um, yeah. So those are my takeaways from the game. It was a fun game to watch as I expected guys. As I said, I said, we went through the preview. I said that this is going to be an exciting game to watch. I, everyone was all upset about this game disappointed it was thursday night football but we got treated to a good one it was a very electric football game as expected let's talk about some news before we preview the week i want to start things off with tyreek hill tyreek hill i have a couple things about tyreek hill and then think about the dolphins tyreek hill was fined seven thousand dollars for not wearing socks on sunday's game the most expensive fashion choice of all time I can't believe the NFL is even policing that. I saw that headline and I was like, are you kidding me? The guy doesn't want to wear socks. The guy wants his cleats to smell after the game. Let him do it. And don't find him $7,000. You know what you could do with $7,000? You know how many socks $7,000 can buy? Too many socks. $7,000 can buy way too many socks. I don't even want to do the math. But that's way too many socks with that kind of money. So Tyreek Hill, definitely upset. He's losing that 7K, and I'm sure we'll be seeing him wear some socks on Sunday. And I will bet here on this show that Tyreek Hill is rolling out with some long-ass socks on Sunday or the exact opposite, some ankle socks. He's either going to – he's going to be passive-aggressive about this for sure. It's Tyreek Hill we're talking about. I'm excited to see what he does regarding these socks, maybe some funky socks, maybe just some plain ankle socks, or maybe just like really, really long like soccer socks what he'll be rocking this week but i'd be pissed if i lost seven thousand dollars just because i didn't feel like wearing socks absolutely ridiculous fine there but that doesn't matter to tyreek hill as he's playing the best football of his career he did say this offseason that he wanted to be the first wide receiver to cross two thousand yards and after week one we already saw i mean he was on pace for like five thousand yards after week one he had a quiet week last week but he is actually still on track to reach two thousand yards you have to average 117 yards per game. Tyreek Hill is averaging exactly 117 yards per game so far. And of course, we're still going to have a couple more ceiling games from him. The 2K yards for him this season, well within reach if he can stay healthy, if Tua can stay healthy and the Dolphins keep playing the way they are. Congratulations to Tyreek Hill as he looks to break that milestone. 
And while we're on these milestones being broken by the Miami Dolphins, Giants offensive coordinator Wink Martindale came out yesterday in an interview and said that he is literally losing sleep trying to game plan for this game, trying to figure out how his offense can keep up with the Dolphins. Here's the quote. My wife called me last night before she went to bed. She said she was worried about me. She asked if I was getting any sleep. And I said, yeah, I'm sleeping like a baby. Every two hours, I wake up and cry, go to the bathroom, and then go back to sleep. It's unbelievable what they do and where this league is heading. Wink Martindale is crying every night trying to figure out how to game plan to keep up with these Miami Dolphins. I just thought that was a cute little candid quote from an NFL offensive coordinator. I hope he can get some sleep, and I hope he stops crying about it. Just, <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> it'll be okay, Wink Martindale. You can lose another game. You're the Giants. You know, no one's expecting you to win here. And finally, and finally, Tom Brady saying it now. It's not over yet. Saying it now. It's not over yet. I saw this headline from the Washington Post. Tom Brady's purchase of part of the Raiders has stalled so no longer is tom brady an owner or a minority owner of the team it hasn't gone through yet and it's looking like it won't go through the washington post reports that brady's efforts to buy a minority stake of the raiders has stalled and that owners are not expected to ratify the transaction before the next owner meeting um several reasons have been identified as to why this is being stalled one is the price the Post reports that Tom Brady is getting a discount of as much as 70% the value of the equity he would be buying. And then another issue is that he would be, uh, is that there's recently a prohibition on majority owners giving equity to team employees. Um, he has been speaking against that and um, everything. So I don't know. We'll see how it develops. But uh, also, Tom Brady's pending Fox deal is another concern here. Basically, they're trying to figure out how to make this. Uh, I guess the term would be uh, moral, uh, uh, ethical. Ethical would be the term here, ethical. You know, you can't have a all-time great with a potential to still play on the staff, also own a team. Um, so they're, they're trying to work out the wrinkles there, but it's looking like it won't happen this year, which means the Jets might be on lookout. The Raiders might be on lookout. This quarterback might be playing some point this season. So in your three quarterback leagues on your three quarterback leagues go ahead and start picking up tom brady and seeing what happens all right let's go ahead talk about some week five let's talk about week five and as we do when we're previewing week five i like to go ahead and run down the injuries with you the players that are not expected to play as of right now that i want you guys to monitor as i don't have a saturday show as i don't have a sunday show we've got to talk about it now on friday so I went through and got a list of the fantasy-relevant players that have not practiced uh, this week. Let's talk about it. T. Higgins, with his rib injury, did not participate at practice, is not expected to play. I know there are some reports that he would try to play through this injury. It's possible. I remember that game last year where he didn't practice all week and they brought him out there just for one play and then sat him the rest of the game um, just for you know a big brain game, game strategy moment. Uh, but so T Higgins, keep your eye on him. Even if he is playing, I'm not starting him. He hasn't been playing well enough to warrant a start while injured. Peyton Hendershot did not participate, obviously not incredibly fantasy relevant, but 
as these injuries start to pile up for tight ends, it's possible that, you know, Luke Schoonmaker does get thrown into a little bit more of an opportunity. He had three targets last week. He's already scored a touchdown this year, and he's much more athletic than Jake Ferguson. So I'm going to continue, continue to continue to pound the table for Luke Schoonmaker this season. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown did not participate with his abdomen injury, but he does expect to play. He didn't participate in some of the practices last week with the same injury. I do believe he will be playing. He is fine. He's one of the toughest guys in the sport. He'll play through it. John Mechie did not participate, but it was just an illness. I imagine he'll be fine for Sunday. And it's not like you're throwing him in your starting lineup anyway. This is more of a, if he's not playing, it's kind of sad because his role we want to see continue to grow and he elevates his game and get back to get to all of that stuff. So did not participate, but just because of an illness should be fine. Jimmy Garoppolo still has not cleared concussion protocol. However, he did do a limited practice yesterday. Uh, it's looking like he probably will clear the concussion protocol by Monday night football, but just in case start stashing Aiden O'Connell again, if you do own Jimmy Garoppolo in your super flex leagues, if he does not play on Monday, you can put Aiden O'Connell right back in there. He was fine. Last week, he'll probably be fine again. Juwan Johnson did not participate with a calf injury. He hasn't done too much this year anyway, uh, but still it might be worth a speculative ad for Foster Moreau as the tight end position is a hellscape. Foster Moreau does have that connection with Derek Carr and the athleticism. So if uh, Juwan Johnson misses some time, we might see Foster Moreau get thrown in. And of course, Jimmy Graham as well, who's already scored a touchdown this year. Pat Fryermuth did not participate and Mike Tomlin also went as far as to say he's not just doubtful, he's very doubtful for this week's game. I'm not telling you guys to start Darnell Washington at all. I'm not even going to tell you to pick him up. I'm not starting the backup Steelers tight end in this scenario. They are blockers. They might get a couple touches and maybe a touchdown, but that's too hard to predict. Not worth the points. Any, any Steeler that gets a bump here is going to be named Najee Harris and George Pickens. And Deontay Johnson, if he comes back to play, uh, which I guess he wouldn't be coming back to play at all. So uh, George Pickens and Najee Harris. Elijah Mitchell did not participate again with his knee injury. So just keep your eye on if he's starting. Christian McCaffrey, of course, is just going to get 100% of the snaps again if he doesn't play. Um, and just hopefully they continue to take their time with Elijah Mitchell. This guy is made of glass, always hurt. So if they can, you know, let him sit, make sure he's 100%, maybe he won't be always hurt. But I honestly, at this point, Expect Elijah Mitchell to be hurt. And Traylon Burks also did not participate. So it's looking like Nick Westbrook-Akine could be another deep, deep, deep option for you desperate, desperate managers out there. Those are the injuries I have for you guys. Keep your eye on those players um, and maybe tune into the starter sit streams on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube Sunday morning, 11, 1130, and noon uh, are those respective channels. TikTok at 11, Instagram at 1130. YouTube, Twitter at noon. Tune into those on Sunday to ask your start sick questions. All right, let's discuss these games. And I see a bunch of questions. I see a bunch of comments in there, but we'll get to those after the show. Before we get into the games, just real quick, here's my DFS lineup. I'm not the best DFS guy out there, but this is what I cooked up this morning. I went with the Anthony Richardson Drew Ogletree stack for my flex for some value and going with the opposite side of the game and throwing Derrick Henry in there. Uh, and then, of course, I'm throwing Bijan Robinson in there. It's full PPR. I think the Houston Texans are going to do a really good job stopping Jonu Smith, stopping Kyle Pitts, stopping Drake London. This is going to have to be a Bijan Robinson game if the Falcons want to do anything. 
throwing Jamar Chase back out there. We've been seeing his usage get ramped up and he's being fed as Joe Burrow is not 100%, as T. Higgins is not 100%. I feel like Jamar Chase has to be thrown into your lineups this week. And then I'm taking the chance on Jamison Williams and Calvin Austin. Both of these guys are just, I'm hoping they score a touchdown. They were cheap and have high upside. So I was like, screw it. I'll throw those guys in there. And finally, my tight end, I'm going with TJ Hawkinson. I love this Chiefs-Vikings game. I want to be able to get as many players from this game into my DFS lineup as possible. But for me, I just went TJ Hawkinson, uh, and hopefully that works out for me. And the defense I'm going with is the Patriots, as Derek Carr did not play well last week, and the Patriots' defense is at least pretty good. They just brought J.C. Jackson back in, and they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, trying out the Patriots' defense this week. So if you want to copy my lineup, there you go. Let's do it. Week 5 time, as usual, I'm just going to go ahead and share my screen here and uh, do my Yahoo Pick'em. Pick'em League, as I do every single week, discuss kind of what I'm expecting from some of these games and who I think might win, uh, as well as you know, maybe some fantasy-relevant players as well. Let's get on into it. Share my screen. Yahoo Sports Pro Football Pick'em. How's it look for you guys? Let's do the picture-in-picture. Picture. Take that off. Bring me up. All right. That looks decent. So, as you guys can see, I picked the Chicago Bears yesterday for the Thursday night football game. I was one of only 7% of Yahoo pickers to expect the Bears to win this game. Wasn't a doubt in my mind that this was the Chicago game. But for these games, Buffalo versus the Jaguars in London. I'm going to go with the Jaguars here. This is the London game. They are a home team. I know it's an upset pick. Only 4% of people are picking the Jaguars. But they've stayed in London for the week. They're already used to the time change. Buffalo's going to be a little bit laggy. They're coming off a great divisional win against the Dolphins. I think that the Jacksonville Jaguars will be able to catch them sleeping. A budget play here, as you guys will find out on the game plan this week. Uh, I'm guesting on the game plan with Maddie Kiwum tomorrow. One of my bargain bin players for this week is Zay Jones. He should be returning. I could expect a decent amount of points being scored here. And I can see Zay Jones getting, you know, involved in the way he had been before he got hurt. Six targets in week two, like 15 points in week one. Zay Jones, Jones a little bit of a value play. But of course, you want to start any player in this game. This has shootout written all over it, especially since it's in London. Uh, those games seem to always be exciting unless it's the Falcons playing. So Buffalo Jaguars taking the Jaguars. Zay Jones looks like a value and start anyone else you can in this game. Falcons versus Texans. Got to take the Texans here. I am very concerned about the Falcons in this game. Jalen Petrie is back. And so that is a huge issue. He can cover Kyle Pitts. He can cover Jonu Smith. And he can go get after the quarterback. He can cover Bijan Robinson. He's a true athlete, phenomenal player. And that's going to give the Falcons offense even more fits than what they've had the past few weeks. I believe the Texans should easily win this game, to be completely honest. But it is possible, you know, the, the Falcons defense has been pretty stingy. You know, this could be the worst C.J. Stroud game so far, but I still expect C.J. Stroud to absolutely ball out. Um, and, you know, the Texans will win it and the Falcons will continuously look bad. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week they do finally move away from Desmond Ritter um, because, like I said, this matchup does not look good for the Falcons at all in my mind. And I really don't think Desmond Ritter is going to have a good game. I honestly don't expect really any Falcon to have a good game outside of Bijan Robinson. 
Detroit versus Carolina. The Lions are obviously going to win this game, but Carolina does have some garbage time opportunity here. A player I definitely want to be streaming is Hayden Hurst. The Lions right now are giving up the third most points to tight ends. And to bring that home even further, they've played against Noah Gray, uh, uh, Noah Fant. Sorry, yeah. Um, and who was week three? John Luke Smith and Kyle Pitts, who did nothing. And then week four, they just played the Packers where Luke Musgrave got concussed and Josiah DeGuara was fantasy relevant. So I expect Hayden Hurst to get back on track this week. I think Chuba Hubbard could maybe get some catches out of the backfield for the Panthers. Uh, But I do expect this Lions defense to give Bryce Young some absolute fits. It's going to be garbage time if Bryce Young does anything. But it's definitely something to watch. I think if Bryce Young can get out of here with maybe only one turnover and a couple touchdowns, we could be looking at him as finally having at least arrived and looking like a decent NFL quarterback and the future for the Panthers. And if they can get that wide receiver one for him, like they've been rumoring they're going to do, then that will be really good. So this is a very big test for Bryce Young. This is a tough defense to go against. Um, so I'm excited to see how he does. For the Lions, you've, of course, got to start him on Ross St. Brown. And that's probably it. I mean, you could start David Montgomery as he's probably going to get 30 carries again as they'll be ahead. Um, and yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I'm looking at here. I'm not starting Jamison Williams unless I have to. Dan Campbell saying that they're putting him on a snap count. He hasn't played in a little bit, going to be a little rusty, and they're not really going to have to take these deep shots against the Panthers as I'm expecting the Lions to be ahead most of the time. So give me the Lions to win. And then those are the fantasy players that I think uh, you should be starting. Colts versus Titans. I'll be going with the Colts here. This has the Anthony Richardson game written all over it. Michael Pittman hopefully bounces back. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we have another Derrick Henry game. That's always fun to watch. So that's what I'm rooting for there. Uh, it's looking like Traylon Burks is out. I'm not expecting DeAndre Hopkins to do much here. Um, actually, if the Titans want to have any chance, it's going to have to come down to DeAndre Hopkins. So maybe DeAndre Hopkins does score himself a touchdown, get about 70 yards in this game. But overall, I think it's Anthony Richardson. I think it's Pittman. And it's probably Jonathan Taylor as well. Going to use my platform right now to say if you have Jonathan Taylor and you're not starting him this week, you're doing it wrong. You have to start Jonathan Taylor. I don't care at all. You have to start Jonathan Taylor. Do it. The Dolphins versus the Giants. Dolphins easily win this game. Uh, what's the spread even here? Uh, uh, ten and a half points. I think they could cover that easily. The Giants are playing some awful football. The Miami Dolphins, not only on offense, are playing decently on defense as well, especially that pass rush. Daniel Jones is going to have a hard time the way the offensive line is playing. If Saquon Barkley is back, that'll help a little bit, but we don't know if he will. Someone I am definitely picking up to maybe start if I'm desperate this week in this game is Wondell Robinson. With the Giants likely playing from behind, I could see a ton of targets going Wondell Robinson's way. You know, north of 10 targets, you know, obviously short ADOT stuff here, but I do think that easily Wondell Robinson has a really good game. And, uh, I'm excited to see what they do with the running backs. It doesn't look like Jeff Wilson's being activated or will be playing. So it's looking like Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain yet again. And in this type of game script, they could yet again have a massive game between the two of them. Look for A-Chain, though, of course, to break 100 yards and have two touchdowns again. Dude is a star. Patriots versus Saints. I am taking the Patriots here. I think they'll get right on the in this game. This is an easy matchup for them. They win across the board in everything I can imagine, except for wide receivers versus corners. But I think they will be fine. Uh, I could see Ramondre Stevenson having a little bit of a bounce back here. But I do think this will be 
My score prediction for this game, Patriots versus Saints, is 16 to 13. I think it's going to be very slow, very gross football game. You're going to see 0% of it on red zone. But I do think the Patriots win this game in a very vintage Bill Belichick way. Ravens versus Steelers. I'll go with the Ravens here. Pittsburgh is just so banged up, not playing the best football right now. The Ravens are playing really well and will continue to play decently in this game. TJ Watt, I think we'll have a couple sacks again. TJ Watt playing absolutely great football right now. I think you've got to start Najee Harris. You've probably got to start George Pickens. Probably got to start Kenny Pickett, to be completely honest, with this kind of game script. I could see it being close. This is an AFC North divisional game. So we're talking about in the 20s here. I don't see the Ravens scoring a ton of points and running away with it. But I do expect them to win. You've, of course, got to start Lamar. You've, of course, got to start Mandrews. And you've, of course, got to start Zay Flowers. The player to watch here is Keaton Mitchell. How good does he look? We haven't seen anything yet. And then also how much usage will he get? Definitely stashing Keaton Mitchell before the game. Next up, we have the Eagles versus the Rams. I will probably be taking the Eagles here. Of course, it is the Eagles, um, and they're going to win. But the Rams with Cooper Cup back should be really fun. Of course, the thing to watch here is the Pukunakua-Cooper Cup target split. If you own both, you have to start both. I've been seeing this debate a lot recently. Should I start Cooper Cup this week? Should I start Pukunakua this week? Yes. Yes, a million times, yes. We have been seeing it from Puka Nakua all year. We've seen it from Cooper Cup the past couple years. Start those guys, start your studs in a game where the Rams will likely be throwing the ball a ton. This should be a really fun game to watch. And look for the Devontae Smith bounce back game. Devontae Smith, I'm predicting 100 yards and two touchdowns against the Rams this weekend. Cincinnati versus the Cardinals. I will pick the Bengals here. I do think Joe Burrow is going to throw two touchdowns in this game, 250 yards, maybe one interception. Not expecting a ceiling game, but I am expecting a get-right game that inspires confidence in some managers that have lost some faith in Joe Burrow. He's one of my buy candidates right now. I think he'll get back on track. And honestly, I do think with T. Higgins likely out that that'll help them. Just game plan around Jamar Chase, get Joe Mixon the ball, maybe see what Andre Eosivas can do. Yes, definitely start stashing Andre Eosivas. I think he's the one that is the more clear replacement for T. Higgins. I think Charlie Jones would step in if Tyler Boyd got hurt, but look for Andre Eosivas this week. Eosivas led the Bengals in receiving all three preseason games and has some great athleticism if you check out his profile on playerprofiler.com. I think that's a sneaky, sneaky stash and deep add, Andre Eosivas. For the Cardinals, I am very curious to see how Josh Dubs does against a playoff defense. Um, I guess he did play decently against the 49ers, but he didn't really keep it close. So, And the Bengals do just have this weird, stingy defense against quarterbacks. And Josh Dobbs has been playing really well. So I think if you can keep it up against the Bengals, then we're talking about the Cardinals not needing to turn away from Josh Dobbs at all. I think they could just roll with Josh Dobbs this entire season if he plays well. Look for James Conner to be fed and look for Michael Wilson to have another good game this week. Broncos versus Jets. I'm going to pick the Jets to win this game. Zach Wilson surprised me last week. And this is just such a bad defense right now. Everyone is scoring a ridiculous amount of points against the Broncos. I think the Jets 
will get this one going, start gaining some steam, beat the Broncos. Zach Wilson will look decent. Um, and we'll be talking about, you know, the Jets just rolling with Zach Wilson the rest of the season if he has a really, really good game here, which I hope and think he will. The big, big, big story, though, is that Brees Hall is not expected to be on a pitch count anymore. Brees Hall should have a massive game against the Broncos, and I'm very excited to watch it. And then for the Broncos, Russell Wilson, I guess, Marvin Mims, I guess, Jerry Judy, I guess, Corlin Sutton, I guess. Uh, those are the guys you're just putting into your lineup because you have them and you can't really think of a reason to bench them. I could see this being a lower scoring Broncos game. Like I don't see the Jets even sniffing 30, to be honest. I do still think this is like a 24 to 17 type game, but I do think Zach Wilson will be fantasy relevant. Brees Hall, of course, will be fantasy relevant. And Tyler Conklin will be interesting as well as he continuously gets fed by Zach Wilson. Chiefs in Minnesota, I'm actually going to pick an upset here. I think the Vikings will beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs just haven't looked quite right yet. I know they're getting the wins, but they're not operating in the way I would expect them to. And something definitely is missing on this offense. I think it's going to be close, but I think the Vikings, after winning last week, will start to get things right, playing with the chip on their shoulder. This is a home game, and I'm expecting a massive Kirk Cousins week. The player I'm watching the most will be Cam Akers. If his snap share goes up again, you've got to look to sell Alexander Madison. I know I've already said it, and I know I've already said I still believe in Cam Akers, but I also want to see the belief come to fruition. I want to see him get some more usage before going too crazy with it, but I do expect it in this type of game against the Chiefs. They're going to have to be cycling around their running backs. Travis Kelsey will have a good game. I'm expecting TJ Hawkinson to be the main receiver in this game over Justin Jefferson. Um, but Justin Jefferson will obviously still have a really great game too, but I do feel a TJ Hawkins and ceiling game in this one. 49ers versus Cowboys going with the 49ers really simply because they're the home team. I think if it was in Dallas, the Cowboys would win, but it is what it is. It's going to be a fun game to watch. The big story is what can the Cowboys offense do? They haven't done too much this year yet. They, especially for fantasy points, no one's really popping off in a big way. You know, they're being consistent and getting you the points, but no true ceiling games here. So I'm curious to see how they can do against a real defense in the 49ers. And really just in general, as you guys know, I was saying to sell the Cowboys this week as the offense doesn't have to score a lot of points. This is one of those games, right, where they will have to score a lot of points. The offense will be having to continuously drive down the field and keep up with the 49ers. So if the Cowboys can get themselves a decent amount of points here, keep up with the 49ers, then we are talking about a really, really good offense. It's just that they don't have to score all the time. Therefore, they won't. But in these types of games, they will. So you can start your Cowboys with confidence this week, of course. For the 49ers, I'm hoping Debo Samuel can get back on track um, because last week he was unhealthy, but it's looking like he's healthy now. Brandon Ayuk should have a really good game as well, as there's no more Trayvon Diggs. Brandon Ayuk should keep things going. And yeah, I think it'll be a fun game. That's a good Sunday night football. And finally, for Monday Night Football, Packers-Raiders. I'll go with the Packers here, but if Jimmy Garoppolo plays, I could see the Raiders pulling this one out. But I'll go with the Packers, and I think Christian Watson has two touchdowns in this one. Christian Watson will do Christian Watson things in this game. And for the Raiders, I'm expecting Josh Jacobs to keep things rolling. He was impressive last week. Devontae Adams was impressive. Jacoby Myers was impressive. Uh, I think those guys will get all continue getting the kind of usage that they had been getting. Josh Jacobs, 
again, I think will be good. And then I just want to see Michael Mayer, right? He's been extremely quiet, but when I'm watching this game, I'm just going to be seeing how Michael Mayer is used, uh, where he's running his routes from, how often he's running routes, how often he's blocking, all of that fun stuff will be interesting to watch. And for the Packers, Luke Musgrave should be back. He wasn't getting targeted that much with Christian Watson returning. So I'm definitely curious to see how Luke Musgrave is used, how Jaden Reed is used. And also if Romeo Dobbs continues to be the most targeted or if it was more of a game script thing last week where Romeo Dobbs was just the one open and they're playing from behind and they just wanted to take some yardage. It is what it is. Very curious to just watch these Green Bay uh, pass catchers uh, in general, see how everything splits out. So those are the games I've picked. Take it in one more time. I'll save my picks. Last week, I didn't save my picks after doing this. So I'm in last place in my Pick'em League. Totally goofed. Totally goofed. Um, but yeah, that's my preview for this week. Let's go ahead and get into some questions as I look through your chat. I'll start from the top. Woo. All right. Would you trade Kenneth Walker and Pickens for Mixon and Godwin? No, I would keep Kenneth Walker and Pickens for sure. Um, I, I think that you've got to just keep rolling with those guys. Kenneth Walker is playing unbelievably right now. And George Pickens will start to get things right. I think George Pickens, while he's really good, isn't a true, true, true wide receiver one alpha type. I do think he does better when there are other weapons around him taking coverage away from him because he's always struggled with separation. So it's 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 a little bit difficult right for him right now with, with Muth out, with Deontay Johnson out. He will get fed but it's just a matter of how he can produce with it. I do think he'll be fine. And so, yeah, I'm rolling with K-9 and Pickens in this scenario. Um, do do do. Harry Snowman says that he was also out on Samuel. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. You know, sometimes players just decide that they hate us, listen to Wake and Take, and said, you know what, Jason? I listen to your Wake and Take. I'm Curtis Samuel. I'm going to score a touchdown tonight just to spite you. <laughs> is Rivera on the hot seat yet? I think so. I think he should have been on the hot seat last year. As we see with Ron Rivera, every time he leaves, the team gets better. So I just don't like him as a head coach. There's something wrong with him there. He was ran out of Carolina for a reason. They're not playing well on defense, even though he's a defensive coach. It's just not right. He's not a good head coach. It is what it is. Let's see. Um, you can get at least 1,750 pairs of socks at $4 each pair with $7,000. Imagine if Tyreek Hill had that many socks. Imagine if anyone had that many socks. That's a lot of socks. That's 3,500 socks. That's a lot of socks. Did I discuss the Chicago running back situation? I did, but just briefly, Skemdog, it is Roshan Johnson's season, uh, depending on the severity of Herbert's injury, but it's, it didn't look good. So I do think it's Roshan Johnson's season because his injury was just a concussion. He'll be back next week. Would you trade Waddle, Etienne, and Flowers for Godwin, Nico Collins, and Brees Hall? No, I would be holding on to Waddle, Etienne, and Flowers easily. Easily. Um, let's see. Do you play Jonathan Taylor over all here this week? Yeah, you play Jonathan Taylor over most running backs. I know, I know he hasn't played yet. You've got to start Jonathan Taylor. You have to. What are you expecting from 2-2 this week with Koopa Cup and Puka both playing? I'm expecting 2-2 to get about the same amount of usage. If you guys will remember going back to week one when Puka Nakua blew up, I said that 2-2 Atwell was the one I was more, you know, interested in a little bit because I do feel like his role does not change with the return of Cooper Cup. Puka's will change a little bit, but I still think he'll be fine. We saw Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup be fantasy relevant. I think all three of these guys will be good. 
and fine. I'm expecting some decent things from Tutu. I, I do think that he will be able to keep things up. And even if he only, even if he loses like two targets, we're still talking about high value targets that can easily be touched down. So I do like Tutu. On the verge of 0 and 5, would you play Brees, Kamara, or Pierce? You have A-Chan going. Also, would you play Rasheed Rice, Michael Wilson, Zay if he's a go? I would probably do Michael Wilson if Zay is out, or maybe Michael Wilson in general just against that team. I'm not a big Zay Flowers guy. I think he gives you a decent floor, but I just don't see a lot of ceiling here, especially against the Steelers. His A dot is way too low. His efficiency isn't good at all yet. So I'm not really too into Zay Flowers. He's definitely a big sell for me. I think Michael Wilson has a little bit more opportunity uh, against the Bengals to score you points, but Zay Flowers does get you the better floor. In terms of the running backs, I'm going with ceiling here. I am playing Brees Hall against the Broncos. If it's true he's not on a snap count, then you've got to start Brees Hall. Kamara would be my second choice there if you're not feeling risky, but Kamara is playing the Patriots, which, you know, that defense is stingy. So I don't know. I would go Brees Hall and hope for some fun. Would you start Ferguson or Goddard? Can't believe you're even asking this question. Honestly, probably Ferguson. They're playing the 49ers. They're going to have to pass the ball a lot. Uh, well, you can go Goddard. Honestly, just flip a coin. Just flip a coin. I think both will be good this week. I do think Goddard will eventually get right. And this feels like a good week for him to do it. So uh, maybe just stick with Goddard one more week. But I don't think Ferguson is a bad pivot at all. And would you rather have Etienne or Eckler right now? I think I would rather have Etienne and Dynasty. I don't really like the Austin Eckler situation right now. When a player gets injured injured after contract negotiations that didn't necessarily go their way it's always making me more concerned his contract expires this year he's old i don't know where he goes he will go somewhere else next year but it's not going to be as good of a situation as the chargers so i think austin eckler is someone you should only be riding if you're trying to win but etn can give you that same thing with the better dynasty outlook so i would rather have travis etn right now see a couple here on instagram and then i'm going to get you guys out of here Brandon Ayuk uh, or Puka Nakua, um, I'll go with Brandon Ayuk here. I will go with Brandon Ayuk here. I think that Brandon Ayuk is in for another really good game. Jordan Addison or Tyler Boyd? Uh, give me Jordan Addison against the Chiefs. That's going to be a shootout. Give me Jordan Addison. Uh, Jonathan Taylor or Hall in PPR? I think this is where you can maybe pivot from Jonathan Taylor. I would look to start both of them. But, I mean, we've got to expect big things from Brees Hall this week. We have to, uh, based on everything we're hearing. So I do think you should probably go Brees Hall, but Jonathan Taylor's not a bad start either. Brees Hall has the matchup and has been playing, though, so I think you can go him. And Michael clarifies his question, Zay Jones, not Zay Flowers from earlier. Uh, Zay Jones could be a good start then. I do like him this week. Make sure you see if he's a full go, though. Like, make sure there's no limited here. Make sure he seems to be good and everything. Uh, before you do it but yeah I do like Zay Jones as a budget option Michael Wilson the other one I'm not I mean you could start Rashi Rice and he could have a big game but I am not a person to a roster cheese wide receivers right now and much less start them uh, unless I have to so yeah um yeah okay uh looks like we have the breaking news so guys Instagram everyone Chase Claypool has been traded to the Dolphins that is bad news. The Dolphins will not win another game this year. Have a good one. Peace.